and welcome to the first episode of Lore Watch. It's a roundtable, freeform discussion about lore in World of Warcraft, and maybe other games as well. We don't know yet. I'm Anne Stickney. I'm one of two lore-focused writers from Blizzard Watch. I write Know Your Lore. Uh, and I've got not one, but two co-hosts with me today, which I'm really excited about. First up, of course, we have the other author of Know Your Lore, Matthew Rossi. Say hello. hello. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> And then second, we've got a co-host who regularly gives us the details about the Shaman class on Blizzard Watch, but what a lot of people don't know is that he's just as crazy about lore as Rossi and I, and that would be Joe Perez. Hello, everybody. I'm about to wow you with, well, not really wow you, but, you know. Wow you with wow. Wow you with wow. (laughs) If nothing else, we'll have a really good conversation, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. So this week, we're going to take a look at a topic that a lot of people have been asking about, um, the Burning Legion, or more specifically, the Twisting Nether. Uh, in a tweet last month, Alex Afrasiabi, am I saying yeah. his name right? Good. Okay. <laughs> he said that Archimond, everybody was asking about Archimond, right? And everybody was asking about Archimond because there was this big question about whether Archimond was the Archimond from our universe or the Archimond from Draenor's universe and how many Burning Legions are there and, you know, the whole multiple reality tangle that's been brought up ever since Warlords of Draenor was announced. So Alex went on Twitter and said, Archimond is a demon whose demon soul is anchored to the Nether. The Nether transcends all realities. That is all. And that had a lot of people scratching their heads because we clearly saw Archimond die in Warcraft 3. I mean, he was blown up by a bunch of wisps at the World Tree. Everything detonated. Went kaboom. We assumed he was dead. Apparently, he's not. So, today we're going to kind of talk about the Twisting Nether and exactly how it works. Jump in, guys. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that I think they've opened up a huge can of worms for themselves with yep. this tweet. Here's the thing. We know that Archimond wasn't always a demon. Guy was just a Draenei. Well, actually, no, he was just an Eridar once, back when Eridar were all you got. Velen was an Eridar then, Killjade was, was an mortal, Eridar then. He was mortal, though. Yeah, he was, a, well, as mortal as Draenei get. And we know that mortal. there's <laughs> We know there's at least two Velens. Because, you know, yeah, yeah. They're, different, they're different guys. So this kind of makes me think there's one of two possible solutions to this problem. One is that alternate timelines only came into existence after... Archimond and Kill Jaden signed up on the demon train. Or when you become a demon, suddenly I don't know, like if all if there can't be any timelines where Archimond didn't become a demon because it messes you with timelines. Transcend yeah. reality. Yeah. It's so, one of those situations where I feel like they really should have thought long and hard before they made that tweet. Okay. I, I would say I would say I kind of agree with you on that, except for the fact that I think that it's that they're tied to the Twisty Nether, and the Twisty Nether is its own separate dimension that's separate, but kind of touches all other planes of reality and the material dimensions. So it's yeah. kind of like this great beyond, isn't it? I don't have a problem with any of that. My problem is simply that if you're arguing that this Archimond is the same Archimond as the one that got done blown up at the world tree and that's there's just the one guy the one archimond then he's really bad at using his knowledge of alternate timelines to his advantage to further his own yeah he's he's terrible at it there there, it's like i'm sorry this is also 30 years in our past so 30 years ago we fought archimond at hellfire citadel and then 
20 years ago, he got blown up at a giant tree, and at no point... But did in a different that, reality. In a different yeah. reality, yeah. At, yeah. at no point did he say, wait a minute, I remember you guys. Wow, oh. I remember you in the mountains. No. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's, that's, I'm just... It would have been simpler if they'd if they'd just said, "Yeah, there's multiple burning, there's multiple burning legions. Go with it." <laughs> just okay. So by Rossi, doing this, I, I'm just saying I, I'll shut up now. But no, no, no. I have a question for you. You were talking about um, ultimate timelines. Can you explain that? Well, well, here's the thing: is I'm thinking we we know that the timeways thing it, it's not quite the same as an alternate timeline. Like they've they've kind of been vague about it on purpose. Like when you read the Thrall book. Yeah. They talk about how the timeways collapse and merge and all that stuff. And it seems like only after um, Nordormu stopped really doing his job that we started getting like really big alternate timelines like this one. This one's huge. This isn't like, you know, go back to the Well of Eternity and then Nordormu will smooth over the edges of everything you changed. Like, because when we did the Well of Eternity, you guys remember Well of Eternity, right? Oh, of course. Right. Uh, when you did the Well of Eternity dungeon, you changed a lot of things. Because I don't remember in the timeline before me punching Ashara in the face to make her stop casting a hand spell. <laughs> <laughs> That's fairly new. It, but at the end of that, like Nosdarmu says something along the lines of, "Yeah, I'll, I'll make everybody forget this happened. Just just boogie on out with the Dragon Soul," which is a pretty huge change. We didn't take the Dragon Soul in the original timeline. I the Dragon Soul got used, and then you know. Malfurion shattered it and kind of yeah. hit it. And there's a whole series of books about what happened to that thing. Well, there's and, a whole know. reality based around it. Yeah, so when when Nosdormu stopped doing his job, because like, you know, he had to give up all his power to, to, to bind Deathwing in every reality, he didn't just kill Deathwing there. When, when they took Deathwing out with the, when the Dragon Soul at the end of... Uh, um, I can't remember the name of the raid anymore. Dragon Soul, the end of the Dragon Soul raid. Yeah. Uh, they they specifically have Norse rumors saying in every timeline, you know, find every thread. This this is gonna be one for the ages, folks. So it implies that the timeline timeways aren't really stable places, and this entire Draenor we're on doesn't necessarily gonna stay there. You know, I mean, just just from the the the, the thrall book, I'm I'm getting the sense that timeways are fickle things, and they can might collapse. So I'm not sure how this is all going to work. I'm not sure if there ever were alternate timelines back when the, the choice was made when Sargeras showed up. Because that's 25,000 years ago. Um, when Sargeras shows up, Sargeras is himself a titan. When he showed up and offered them the deal, it might have been one of those situations where this is the only universe you have at the moment. You know, this, this choice is so vast that once you make it, it, it echoes through eternity. Like so maybe this. You... Here, here's my question, though. Okay, so if this is all Nosdormu fiddling with the timelines and all of that, pulling it into that ultimate timeline or whatever, does that mean that that impetus actually didn't come into play until Azeroth was created and the Titans messed with it? Uh, that's a good question, and I don't really, I don't seem to know the answer. Draenor is really important to Azeroth, right? Like- Without the without Draenor, there's no orcs on Azeroth. Without orcs on Azeroth, a lot of history changes. But they said, see, that's the thing. Is like Kosak said, was it Kosak? I think it was Kosak. Kosak at a BlizzCon, was it 2010? It was 2010 or 2011. I can't remember which one. Kosak said that Azeroth is special and there's something unique about it in all of the cosmos. And then he didn't actually define what that thing was. Oh, so yeah. I'm wondering, is it like 
is it the timeline thing? Is it the Titan thing? Is it the what is it exactly? Is it is it the relation to Draenor? Is it? I don't know, but I know for a fact it seems like really weird that we have this like we've got two Velens, but one Archimonde. Do you know what I mean? They do both Velens know the same Archimonde? They would have to, wouldn't they? Like by necessity, they, they both Archimonds, both like, one Archimond, one kill Jaden. Obviously, if there's only one Archimond, why would there be more than one kill Jaden? He's got the exact same deal as Archimond. So, of course, kill Jaden. Kind of, he didn't even. We didn't kill him at the end of Sunwell Plateau. Yeah, he but just my, went. He got. He got <laughs> slam dunked. Yeah. slam dunked back into the Sunwell and just kind of disappeared. And we looted it. What? It was like his necklace or something, wasn't it? Yeah, his, his his big disco pendant. <laughs> his disco pendant. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Archimonde had himself a big old disco pendant. No, I don't know what Kill that Jayden. thing was. I, yeah, I sorry, still, Kill yeah. Kill Jaden's entrance from the Sunwell in that encounter, that still has to be one of the best animated boss emergence sequences I have ever seen in this game, where his claws just like, out of the... Honestly, but, as good as that is, his going back in is better. Yeah, that part is cool too, but... um. I, I just, I keep, I keep finding it, like, it's one of the situations where the more you think about this... The more you think about the fact that there would, by necessity, therefore only be one kill Jaden, and therefore, when the three of them were best buddies back on Argus, and they were all Eridar together, there would only have been, like, there could only be one of each of them. But now there's two Velens. At least two Velens. Well, I guess, here's, here's my question about that then, too, because the, the whole point of the Burning Legion, right, we, we don't know the, the big roots behind it besides, you know, we don't know what Sargeras actually did to them, right? We don't know what was offered to him, what, what primal things, I mean, he was a titan, he was capable of reconstituting matter, planets, uh, messing with the timelines, we don't know what his specific titan specialty was besides beating things up, right? Yeah, so, that was, he, he was, was the, the champion. Guardian. Yeah. yeah. Right. So what if what if it's a matter of transcendence, right? What if it's a matter of he reconstituted like whereas we're created from the material of Azeroth, right? Like the races of Azeroth are created from the materials of Azeroth. They're imbued the material with, plane. The material plane that is present there. The the yeah. the, the minerals, the powers, the spells, the, the elements everything everything that exists on that world is part of dwarves and, and everything else. What if by reconstituting, by reoffering Kill Jaden and you know and Archimond this power by imbuing them with power that he has, he tied them inevitably or, or in a, in a irrevocably to the Twisting Nether by basically using the elements of that. What if that's the tie-in thing? What if that's what, what makes it? It seems like one of those things where they could very easily go back and almost retcon it through the origin story as far as that goes. Because if you think about it too, we also know that Every single that every single race was empowered by these two and changed by these two as they were instituted into the Burning Legion. So it's entirely possible that this all just goes back to that, which is why demons can keep being killed and come back. Why we've seen uh, the Nather, Nath- I can never pronounce it. In. the Nathrazen. Yeah, why they keep quote unquote dying but always coming back. Yeah, but there's a problem mis- there. There's actually a problem here, and they introduced it during the Warlock um, Green Fire quests. Okay. Mm-hmm. Talk Certain, about this, because I haven't actually done those quests. Me either. I haven't either, but I know a ton of warlocks. Awesome. Um, so basically, during the warlock greenfire quest, you find out why summoning magic works Okay. to summon certain demons. Um, I believe it's actually, uh, what do you call them, the big bruiser guys. Yeah. They were not demons originally. They were, in fact, created by the titans to Ooh. hunt down those who used that kind of magic, sacrificial oh. summoning magics. 
it was so offensive to the Titans that they created a specific kind of hound force, those big bruisers, to go stop it. And when Sargeras became head of the Burning Legion, he co-opted some of them. So, so then I guess... What, what is that? With that? Some of those demons are summoned by... They're summoned by that magic because originally when someone used that magic, it was so offensive to the Titans... That they that just they, showed up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, these things would show up and punish you. And it's they got twisted when Sargeras went bad. And that's like the whole thing. I wrote a Know Your Lore a while back about blood magic yeah. and the enema. And that ties into it because it's blood sacrifice that was used to offend them so greatly that they created a whole host of like demon things to, to go after people who used it. Man, it doesn't That's, matter what game you happen to be playing. Blood magic is always a bad thing, isn't it? Yeah. But, well, it depends on what your perspective is. <laughs> but there's also the other problem is simply this. The Nathrazim were like that before Sargras did anything to them. Sure, they were always, already evil oh. and dark. Right? No, 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 no. They couldn't die. He oh, couldn't yeah. kill them. When he killed them, they just went back to the Twisting Nether. That's why he imprisoned them there. So is that where he got the idea? It seems very likely in in the revised post-Draenei. Because remember, the Draenei originally were just the lumpy potato people. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's, then Chris Smithson forgot that and made the, the Eridar the Draenei. And he was like, oops, oh well, we're going with it. When that happened, uh, we got a retcon up to the Nathrazim were the first demonic force that Sargras fought. Because originally it was the Eridar. He right. fought the Eridar and they corrupted him. But then he did the retcon. He liked the idea better. And so the Nathrazim were the first demons he ever fought. And he couldn't kill them. He could never kill them. That's but, why he stuck them into the Twisting Nether in the first place and locked it. Because that's where they kept going. So he's like, fine, you can get stuck there then. But that still also lends credence to the idea that maybe during the, re- the reconstitution or, or the rebuilding of you know, his two new lieutenants or generals that he saw this idea was like, you know what? These guys don't die. They keep coming back. This is where they go. <laughs> this is the best way to this make is, my army the strongest army ever. So This is a darn good idea. Guess what? All of your, all of your reality is gone. You are now here. It's, it's at least it's feasible. But the problem being is still the same one. It's that in, if, you, if the timelines always existed as alternate, if you always had timeways that were parallel and each one things were different, then there'd be multiple Archimons and multiple, multiple Kill Jadens because in some of those timeways, they wouldn't make the wrong choice. They wouldn't choose Sargras's path. There'd, there'd be a universe where Velen said, yeah, evil sounds great. And Archimon was like, that's kind of a bad idea. Just so because. Think- so I don't think you can say that the timeways are natural. I don't think that they're supposed to happen in the, in the, time, in the Warcraft universe. Yeah. Well, timeways I'm- feel like a mistake, especially since the Titans told Nosdormu, watch out for alternate timelines. So basically, that's kind of interesting because that kind of implies that, yeah, there was the one true timeline and then somewhere along the line, it splintered and it fractured and it would have had to have been after the Burning Legion was created. Yeah, because then In there'd, that be case. Alternate, yeah, there'd be alternate. Because then that Velen, that Velen who never got who never got stuck in the Twisting Nether, who never joined the Burning Legion, who never did any of that, that Velen would shatter into all of these different realities. Now, my question is, does that kind of explain what's going on with the Timeless Isle? Because it, when they described it in lore, they described it as it would show up, and then it would just disappear, and then it would show up, and then it would disappear. And it's just like, like, it's like randomly. Brigadoon. Yeah, it's like Brigadoon. Yeah, but it wasn't like any kind of a a set schedule or anything like that it wasn't one of those oh every hundred years somebody plays a flute this mysterious island pops up out of nowhere no it just it just like phases in and out 
You know what it reminds me of? And Adam will love this. It's a shame he's not actually on the podcast as such. But there's a Star Trek episode where Worf keeps shifting through alternate timelines. Yes, yes. (laughs) And and he's shifting because something happened to him that broke him out of his timeline. Right. It feels like in this case, something happened to time that broke it. Like time fractured. And the Timeless Isle seems to be one of those places that just keeps going from timeline to timeline it's jumping universes looking for the it's like it's like quantum leap the island yeah, yeah. kind of so what so about here's the, oh go ahead no go ahead joe i was gonna say but what about the idea that potentially uh the timelines are or the timeways are not necessarily just restricted to time but also if we subscribe to the multi-dimensional theory that there are also pathways between there and that part of the original job of the Keeper of Time was also to close those off, which is the why we ex- don't see those the different realities. realities. Right. And maybe that's what makes Azeroth so special as that's the sole existence where that's one curator exists that is closing down those timelines that basically separates what we know as reality from the greater multiverse. So here's my question. Okay. Okay, so let's just, like, crazy theory time, right? Okay. Sure, why not? Okay, crazy theory time. Sargeras says, I don't like what you guys are doing. I'm going to go ahead. Like, this this all appears to be hopeless. You guys are trying to make order out of chaos, but chaos is, is permeable. It's everywhere. That seems to be the natural state of the universe. So, therefore, what you guys are doing is wrong, and we should be... We shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't be establishing this order. So he goes and he forms this army, right? He gets these guys. He looks at the Nathrazim and says, man, these guys are tied to this twisting nether place that I don't quite get. But it, as long as they're there, they can't be killed. So therefore, if I make an army, an army that is that just goes back to this place, that'd be really cool. I'm losing... I'm losing my train of thought. I can already feel it slipping away. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... <laughs> Sorry. So he goes to the Eridar, right? He goes to the Eridar and he says, I need big leaders. You guys are really strong magic users and you know how to do all of this stuff. So you can go ahead and lead. Let me give you lots of power and we'll go ahead and make the universe a better place. Velen has a dream. Dream says, yeah, better place. Not really that much of a better place, guys. So Velen nopes the heck out of there. At this point in time... Reality, such as it is, timelines, such as they are, it's just one. It's just one stretch of time. Now, on Draenor, Ner'zhul, originally, he fractured that world and kind of blew it halfway into the Twisting Nether by opening all of these portals on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Outland got blown into the Twisting Nether. So did Sargeras by merit of recruiting all of these people and shoving them merrily in the Twisting Nether and or tying them to the Twisting Nether. Is this fractured timeline thing his fault? Did he blow the universe into the Twisting Nether? Like, is there another layer of it? That's interesting. Actually, makes me think of a slightly different variation on that. Okay, go ahead. Well... We keep talking about how there's only, like, one true timeline, and there's only, like, one Archimonde and one Kill Jaden, but there's a bunch of Ellens. But what if there isn't? We, we keep looking at, like, we, we saw in the Thrall book that the timeline, the timeways don't stay stable. No, mm-hmm. because he, he went, this was 
through all Twilight of the Aspects, yeah. for people that are listening, um, he goes bouncing around between different realities over the course of that book because he's looking for Nozormu. Yeah, and it straight up says, Nozormu says, these things don't last. They exist while they exist, and then they, they subside. What if what we're looking at with Draenor is a timeway that was supposed to subside? And never did. And never did. It's been artificially extended by Kairos's actions. Because we and only have Kairos's, Yeah, we only have Kairos's word for what he did. Right. Like, we don't really know. He says, you know, I took you to a place that's as like our own as, you know, just braid, the, the differences are like blades of grass in the, in the fast, you know, sea of grass. It's, it's, they're meaningless. What if he didn't find the place? What if he made it? Oh. He had, okay. the, he had the vision of time. Which, Which was, was made powered. from the rocks from uh, the Timeless, the timeless Isle. Isle. Yeah. The Timeless Isle is like this lodestar traveling through timeways trying to find the right one, but can't, it can't stabilize itself. What if he basically outpocketed time at a specific moment in Draenor? You know, he, he takes Draenor, he outpockets it. He makes a, a new timeway. He just branches it off. And slight differences accrue because he's not, he's not empowered by a titan. He's not Nos Dormu. He certainly isn't Amon Thule. It's an he imperfect reality. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's messing around with forces he can't possibly comprehend, as proved by the fact that the first thing Garrosh does is kill him. <laughs> yeah, the well, first man. thing Garrosh does is like, oh yeah, this is a great plan. Stab. <laughs> you handed me something sharp, you idiot. <laughs> so Kairos dies in his own creation. Uh, Garrosh is running loose and it just doing everything, changing it constantly, messing around with it all he wants. Every it's, step he takes is changing something. And he's not even taken, it's not like he's subtly attempting to alter the future either. He's straight up going, no, don't drink that blood. No, build a yep. giant army. Kill everybody up front. No. He, he's, everything he does is, is simultaneously destabilizing and yet making it impossible for this place to go back. It can't merge, like, like the reality that the, the fault, what was his name? I can never remember his name, the guy that raised Thrall. The oh, Blackmore? Blackmore? Yeah. When Blackmore had in the, the alternate reality from that the, the evil conquering Blackmore is from, he, it, that reality gets reabsorbed at the end of the book. That reality ceases to exist. When we see um, in, in War Crimes, Kairos uses the, the shard, the, the vision of time, to pull in you know, alternate versions of all these famous you know, Warcraft figures. There's like psychotic hunter uh, Vol'jin. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, gladiatorially crazed Bane. There's the, there's the Anduin who like, yeah. yeah. So, so the, the vision of time can create these simulacrums of real things that have reality while they exist. So what if he used it on a vast scale, created a new Draenor out of like the old one, you just split it off because, and now it keeps getting changed, so it can't re it can't be reabsorbed. It can't go back into the previous timeline. It's too different at this point. Like you know, all, all these different characters exist and are doing things. Gul'dan has completely at this point completely changed the the, the script. Yeah, well, but but everything keeps trying to happen the same way. Trying. Yeah, I and mean, you can see threads of that too, right? Like you can see threads of where, and I, li I like that theory because when you're doing the quest and you're doing the stories uh, in Warlords of Draenor, you can see where. It's almost like it's trying to veer back towards correcting itself. It's constantly trying to yeah. steer itself back, yeah. And then there's these catastrophic, catastrophic events that then push it back out. Yeah, like, um, what's his name? Uh, Orgrim shows up. Oh, yeah. 
And then Orgrim utterly fails to accomplish, like, you know, dude, you, you just totally didn't pull off your destiny at all. You face-planted on your destiny. What happens to the Doomhammer now? And then, like, and it's all these little... Yeah. So There's lots of these moments, yeah. So all of these little moments where it's trying to veer itself back and we keep interfering in it. Yeah, and it's we're, awesome. We're actually right. grounding it further. You're right. It's us. You were. T- I didn't even think we of are that. We're the problem. We're, yeah. Yeah. We, we are. We're the ones who keep making this stuff not go the way it's supposed to go. Yeah. Well, it's because we're trying to fix it, but we're not really fixing it. Because again, we're messing. With, we're messing with powers beyond our knowledge. We don't know what we're doing. We're just like we're going to go beat up the big bad. But every time we go beat up the big bad, we're just like, well, that was going to fix itself. Too bad. That's. <laughs> That's interesting. I and like there's that theory. no way this reality is ever going to be reabsorbed where it has to be because we've changed it too much. We've rooted it. We've permeated it. We've like stained it, tainted it with our own. Yeah. We, we're from that true timeline. Nosdormu made sure that we were. And by invading this world and just like settling in this world, establishing ourselves in this world, by merit of our existence there, we've made it real. Yeah. And we're irritants. And, and that goes point, along the line of what we were talking about before with the uh, the idea that Azeroth being the special snowflake because of us, like, we're just carrying that infection over. Yeah. Yeah, we, don't, we still don't know what's special about Azeroth. They haven't, like, gotten into detail. But we know that the Well of Eternity seems to be a special thing. Because you don't see the Well of Eternity, like, anywhere else. You don't see, like, no. Dren- Dreno did not have a big fountain. Well, where and that's what... That's what got Sargeras' attention in the first place when he first fixated on Azeroth way back during the War of the Ancients. They were yeah. messing around. The, the, the High Elves, the Keldorai, they were messing around with the Well of Eternity. Like, just practicing magic and, and you know, playing around with it. Going, wee, good time, magic sparkles, whatever. And Sargeras, they were, they were powerful enough. That they yeah. caught his attention. That... that all the way in the twisting nether, he's like, whoa, what's that sparkle? Hey, I need that. That kind of begs another question, if you think about it. Yeah. Why is it called the Well of Eternity? And Eternity is a very specific word. Oh, God, it all goes back to time, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Eternity Eternity is something, when you call it the Well of Eternity, and what is it doing? It's pulling pure arcane magic, not fell, not shadow or light. Is it's Azeroth the anchor? Is that the anchor yeah. they created? Like, if you think of, yeah, if you think of, like, the universe as an orrery, like one of those mechanical devices where they have all the planets set, the, Azeroth's kind of starting to feel like it's the piece that they put in place that everything else spins around. Oh, my God. Okay, so, going back to that other thing, right? Sargeras starts pulling people into the Twisting Nether, kind of blowing reality into these multiple timelines. Snap, 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 snap. The Titans turn around, start creating planets, and they create Azeroth as an anchor. As an anchor to pull it all back in and make that one timeline come back into play. That's what they were desperate to do. That's why they assigned Nosdormu to that task. They said, specifically, you need to protect that one true timeline. And then you've got the Well of Eternity in there, pulling those realities in and going, okay, so here, here is a fixed point. There's a fixed point in the universe. And then the old gods show up, right? Old gods show up and start corrupting it, but they can't destroy Azeroth because if they do, all it's going to do is shatter reality that much more and make it that much more chaotic. 
and think about why does Sargeras need the Well of Eternity when he clearly has enough power to start doing all this horrible stuff. He needs the Well of Eternity because the Well of Eternity is literally a f- it's a fixed point in time and space. If you have it, that's the ball game. Yeah. Because it becomes but the antithesis. It's the core. The he he wants to go ham on the core. Guys. Yes. <laughs> the core will be the core will not only be ham. He will ham and cheese it. He was going to grill it. He's serious about this. He is. He is yeah. like mega serious about it. Now that that's and if you think about it too, that's why Azerothian alternate timelines are such an interesting thing. That's why they, that's why they keep splintering and, and subsiding, and that's why Draenor is so important because Draenor is the only world to have had direct contact with Azeroth. And the Twisting Nether, because it got blown into it. Yeah, and the Twisting Nether itself is like the entire antithesis of what we're talking about. Right. And it makes, and it makes so much sense as that's his point of fixation, right? Because if he's sitting there saying order is wrong, chaos is good, and that's the ultimate piece of order, that's the ultimate thing keeping everything, that's the yardstick of rule. Yeah. That explains the, the, the fixation, because he could have easily, like you said, he has all this power, he could have easily gone and consumed a billion worlds and then come back with a force that we couldn't possibly handle. But there's got to be something special about this particularly that keeps him fit. He's trying to, yeah, the thing is that's, that's an end game that's going to take him how long? Like, you know, he, if to consume infinity is by definition a real long time, it's going to, he's Infinite. not, patient, yeah, he's not patient. No, that's Sargeras's problem. He couldn't, he couldn't hack the idea that he'd have to keep doing this forever. This would also explain why they said very specifically, there is no alternate Azeroth. Yeah. There isn't an alternate Azeroth because it's a fixed point. It is yeah. that anchor. It is that fixed point. Yeah, so ultimately when you have you can have an alternate Gul'dan because you can break off a timeline and have it exist. You can have alternate figures from Azeroth, like you can have the timeway where um Blackmore is like actually conquers the alliance, but you can't really have an entire alternate Azeroth. No. Those timeways collapse. They, they, they collapse can't. and fade back into themselves because the Well of Eternity, even though the Well has kind of been detonated a little bit. It's still there, though. We have it, the, never, it never went away, right? Like it no, never, it's just it, part of the Maelstrom now. Well, plus there's the, the new one that, that Illidan made. Yeah, and then there's yeah, the know, new one. It's like basically any time that that liquid from the original Well touches regular old water, boom! New Well of Eternity. Boom. Sunwell. Boom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Sunwell itself is fascinating because the Sunwell is essentially like another Well of Eternity at this point. So now Azeroth essentially has two of them. And then there's (laughs) the the waters of the Veil. The the Veil of Eternal Blossoms waters, they're they're looking pretty Well of Eternity. You can't tell me that's not Well of Eternity water. I'm sorry. It has to be. Or the original font from which it came from. It sparkles just like it. It grows these giant vegetables. If you go to the Well of Eternity up on top of Hyjal you'll notice that all of the flowers that are bordering that lake are huge. Hell, there's a big tree coming right out of the freaking thing. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Obviously, it grows things big. How come we can't grow any other big trees without them going crazy? I don't know, man. This is the only big tree that worked. I'm surprised, then, that Garrosh managed to get away with what he did right before the Siege of Orgrimmar without detonating the world again. We're lucky. Maybe we're just plain old lucky that we showed up to kill the, the Shah when we did. Yeah, because uh, that I, I'm surprised that that didn't cause a second sundering. That would have been really terrible. Oops, I'm sorry about that. I was just Whoops. trying to kill everybody. 
I was trying to try to kill everybody. I wasn't trying to kill everybody. Like, you know, just just all the ones I don't like. I mean, orcs can stay. <laughs> the orcs can stay. Everybody else can do without those guys. Well, that's... But yeah, that's it's also interesting because when when Garage showed up and he's told, you know, you were never born here, it's quite possible he was never born there because Kairos had brought him there. Oh, and there geez. can't be a, you can't have two of him. Like Thrall shows up, you'll notice that like Draka does not have a kid. No, and That's does true. not look like she's going to be having a kid anytime soon. Nobody who's come through that portal has an alternate on the other side. Yeah, because once you're, you know, you replace it in, in the in the universe oh. that exists. So replace- Velen couldn't go to this Draenor because if well, he could now. Yeah, but he couldn't before because he was already there. Right. If but, he had, he would have replaced himself. Yeah. So, and that's just because it's not oh. real. It's not, well, it wasn't real. We but, made it but real. But we're making it real. Yeah. And that's like why Goldon keeps doing better and better as time goes on. Because we keep fighting him and giving him more reality, for lack of a better word. Okay, we so keep- can we talk about spoilers? Are we sure. okay with that? Talking about the end of Hellfire Citadel? Sure, why not? Okay. I, think, I think enough time has passed. That I, enough time has probably passed. Plus, people are familiar with this, this, but it's a lore podcast. Yeah. If you're listening to it, we're going to talk about the game. We're we're gonna we're yeah we're just gonna we're gonna jump of... all over the place, folks. It's gonna happen. <laughs> this is what it's like inside our heads. It's a very strange, chaotic place. It's worse than the Twisting Nether. So anyway, uh, at the end of Hellfire Citadel, when you get rid of Archimonde, right? You get rid of Archimonde. And he falls over and he goes, we had a pact to Gul'dan. And then he like shoots him with the green laser of Pew Pew right through that portal. Mm-hmm. And then Archimonde's, the light in Archimonde's eyes goes out. And Cadgar's staring at this thing going, you mother. It. And like, he's just mad. And then he looks down and there's Gul'dan's staff. And Gul'dan's staff disappears it doesn't blow up it doesn't burn away it just kind of like dematerializes what does that say what happened to Gul'dan well if we postulate the idea that Archimonde and other demons are bound to the twisting nether Mm -hmm. then it seems likely to me that that Gul'dan just got himself bound yeah and that a new demonic Gul'dan now exists who is every Gul'dan because I'm every Gul'dan (laughs) You See, know, but I, you know, I kind of like we just idea. made Gul'dan immortal. What did we do? <laughs> Why has everything we do turned to crap? <laughs> We're just doing our duty as Azerothian citizens of making it worse. Yes. <laughs> well, it's just like when we went to the you know the Vale of Eternal Summer and turned it into this. Well, we're out, guys. Have fun cleaning that up. It's okay. We planted a tree. Yeah, let's <laughs> plant a tree. We'll be back later after we go screw up another world. Bye. We're going to actually, we're going to take a giant dump on time and space. <laughs> and the pandas are just there shaking their heads going, at least it's not here. <laughs> just, just smile and nod, just smile and nod, watch if them we, leave. If we wave, wave they won't come back. come back. If we, if we, yeah, just, just wave. Yeah, wave I kinda, every time I hearth back to the, the, uh, sh- to the veil shrine, I wonder if they're like, oh my god, he's back. No! <laughs> Why, why are you here? Brace well, you, yourselves. So I feel you like there's have, a webcomic on this, like what they do when we're not around. Oh, jeez. You see, yeah, you got, Pandora, you just portals, relax. You've got portals <laughs> everywhere in the shrine. It's awesome. It's very centrally located. I don't have to run around uh, Warspear or, or Stormshield looking for them. They're just right there. So, so yeah. 
I have one more question. I have, or I have another question about that cinematic. Obviously, Archimon said we had a pact. What kind of pact? What do you think were the conditions in terms of the pact that Gul'dan made with Archimon or the Burning Legion in general? That's actually interesting. Did he make a pact with Archimon, or did he make it with the Legion in general, or do you count it as with Kill Jaden? Because well, originally he- it was Kill Jaden, wasn't it? Originally, it was with Kill Jaden, and originally it was like Ner'zhul started it all, and then Gul'dan just kind of weaseled his way in there. Obviously, that did not occur on this version of reality because Rolkan is alive. So, so Kill Jaden wouldn't have been able to impersonate her, and it's made pretty obvious that Ner'zhul is not as valued by the other clans as he was in the original or the prime version, I guess, if you want to call it, timeline prime, um, that all the orcs on Azeroth came from. So, what would that pact be? What would be the contingencies of that pact? Why is, you know... If I had to hazard a guess, I'm going to go ahead and guess that it had to be something along with power, probably immortality in some capacity... Uh, and the event to be lieutenant to the general, right? Because if you look at the the past, everything we saw, every race that's been brought into the Burning Legion, every race that has signed on for that has a figurehead, has somebody who uh, negotiated that pact and then basically orchestrated the corruption of their race to a certain point, whether or or, uh, at least the theory is the corruption of the race or bringing them into the fold in whatever case, Uh, whether it was Manoroth or, or any of the other ones, they they have very distinct figureheads. So you look at it and you're like, the orcs are the ultimate shock troopers. They're the ultimate ground force. I need them. I want them. I will give you all the power. I will give you immortality. I will give you leadership over all of them. You will become my lieutenant, but you must do my bidding, and this is what needs to be done. And I feel that Gul'dan's that type of character where in any reality that we've we've interacted with him, in any reality that we've talked with him, or if you've just listened to the darn skull after you've gotten it from Illidan and whispers to you, <laughs> yeah. which is still awesome, it, it always wants more power. It wants more. There's, there's more things to find. There's more things to subjugate. There's more things to rule. And it seems in line with that. So I believe that the pact was your servitude for immortality and power. Yeah, and I think it's one of those situations. With Gul'dan, it, it's always... Gul'dan is always more than happy if somebody else pays the price. Mm-hmm. Like that's if you look at the original timeline, yeah. Gul'dan set things up so that you know he, he he would not be the guy suffering. Everybody else suffers. And when <laughs> when when the planet actually started dying on him, and he's like, "Oh wow, okay, wait a minute, I'm actually going to pay for this." Uh oh, like, I gotta find another world to suck dry because ours is dying. So th- that's the thing about. Gul'dan, that's, you know, in a nutshell, Gul'dan is always better me, better you than me. Heck, he but, even pulls Blackhand in and makes him the leader of the United Clans, specifically because, to kind of shift that blame off of himself a little. Well, Plus, it, he, knows, he knows full well nobody likes following him. No. Gul'dan is one of those guys who always understands, I, I'd do a lot better if there was somebody else up front who's, who's really a proper orc. Because I'm really not a proper orc. I mean, what with the stuff coming out my back? <laughs> That's just not. <laughs> so I want to stick somebody else. Kilrog, you'll do. You, Kilrog, you can totally be the figurehead, and I will sit in the back, and I will actually be in charge. But you totally be up there and and let everyone think you're in charge. Hell, I'll treat you like I think you're in charge. How's it's that a, sound? It's the whole shadow council thing. It's it's yeah. he would rather yeah. be the guy in the shadows. 
Yeah, yeah he does not. He knows full well. It, it, Gul'dan is not under the delusion that he is universally loved. He's well aware that nobody really likes him. I mean, he, he look, look what happened as soon as he got free in in Warlords. His two <laughs> Arch lieutenants immediately betrayed him. They didn't wait like five minutes. No, like, like, you know, um, I'm forgetting the name of our fr- friendly. Chogol. Chogol immediately betrayed him as soon as he got his hands on even a little power. But, <laughs> oh, hey, Naro, cool. Don't need you anymore. Bye. <laughs> it's like, Gul'dan doesn't even seem particularly phased by this. No, not he at all. He expects it, no. Yeah, of course they're going to betray me once they got their hands on some power. I'd betray them for like five cents and a, and a Starbucks card. Why would <laughs> But, you know, Gul'dan, this Starbucks card has been half-used, really. You know that, right? It's still got enough on it for a muffin. Your soul is in hell. A fell muffin. <laughs> yeah. Drink. Look, I don't want a venti. Just drink. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay. This, is my, this is my... I'm sorry. This is my iced tea. You drink the blood. Here, we need to switch. They put the names on the wrong cups. Uh... Okay, so here's the other thing that I had a question about, because it was something that I was kind of eyeballing when I saw that cinematic. Um, Archimonde, obviously, he's got this... He's pushing Gul'dan into that portal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, pushing him into that portal and going, we've got a pact, and then his eyes kind of go out. There's a channel. There's a channeled spell going on that is pushing him forcibly back into the portal. So what I'm wondering is, did Archimonde siphon himself into... Gul'dan, like Sargeras siphoned himself a little bit into uh, Aegwin back, you know, on Azeroth. That's that certainly seems to be a possibility. I just think it's more likely he he hoovered himself back to the twisting <laughs> nether when his job was done. Yeah, but I mean, that would be actually be something that he'd kind of do because it would be hilarious for him to like punish Gul'dan by constantly berating him from inside his own head. Yeah. Well, but, maybe, but I mean, the the difference here though would be like Aegwin was. Uh, existing on the material plane, right? Outside of the, the influence of the Twisting Nether. That was why the infection happened. It was so that there was a foothold. The corruption was always there. Right. So if both exist, if we, if we subscribe to the theory that, you know, he's now, that Gul'dan's now tied to the Twisting Nether, he's now an entity within that. Archimon doesn't really need to be Archimon inside him. To, yeah. That sounds really awkward anyway. So. I want to be inside you. <laughs> Although, we, you know, we may be overthinking what happened to Gul'dan. He may just have stuck Gul'dan in the Twisting Nether the way that, in, in our timeline, Ner'zhul went into the Twisting Nether. And then he got And got apart. ripped apart to be made into the Lich King. It's possible Gul'dan has a similar horrible fate in store. Not that he's going to become the Lich King, but that, you know, he might get oh, torn God, apart please, and rebuilt. No. We've, and, we've, we've, got, we've already got Lich King number two that's just, like, chilling up in Ice Crown right now. Yeah. I'm not saying that, that, that they're going to go and have, you know... Gul'dan show up as the new Lich King, but Gul'dan does know necromancy pretty well. If he is, however, assimilated into the Twisting Nether, and, and thus, therefore, thus, therefore, what the heck? I, I don't even know what's up with my language today. So, if he's been, you know, if he's transcended and he's part of that whole Twisting Nether network that pretty much transcends all realities and he's just like he's everywhere all at once does that make Gul'dan a demon is he is he now a demon are we dealing with a demon Gul'dan he's already like a step away I mean it was if he wasn't quite frankly he was already more evil than most demons you were ever going to run into yeah I mean honestly feel like guys like um Balnazar would be like 
wait, you you did all that to your own people? Wow, chill, wow. dude. My people don't even fight each other. That's that's hardcore. That's your yeah. Do we want him in the group? I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm just saying he's kind of. We, we really got to think about this before we give him the members only leather jacket. I mean. <laughs> Because you know, if he decides he brings like drinks to the next party, and I don't know about that, guys. I definitely not sure. Every time he brings drinks, he's really weird about it. He's really weird about it. (laughs) I've bought you salsa. It is tainted with the blood of demons. (laughs) That is our blood. That's our blood. Why are you feeding us our blood, man? (laughs) This is gross. I just, I just got a taste for it. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) This stuff's great. It's better than eggnog. Oh, (laughs) jeez. So, uh, also in this Endgame cinematic, obviously, um, Gromash appears to have survived and people seem to be perfectly cool with him doing all the things he did. We're not going to talk about that too much. Maybe we'll touch on that like next time we record. But what I want to know is, could Gromash or any of these people for that matter come back to Azeroth now that we've... I don't know. Here's That's a weird thing. Like, I mean... I don't think that, like, you know, Akama could, but then again, Akama isn't on our Azeroth. No. Akama's even on the, our Outland. In the Twisting so, Other. Yeah. So, what about, what about uh, Nabundu? I, yeah, Nabundu, that's, there's a question. Could, could Nabundu come back? What would that do to our Nabundu? Would, like, it be like the, uh, like the mirror universe? Would it universe? replace him? Unbreak? Yeah. Would, would it be like, would it replace him, or would it be like that, that Jet Li movie, The One, where, like, one of them kills the other and gets stronger? I really don't know. Highlander. I, yeah, I don't. That's it's something I'd like to. I I want to see Urel show up in more stuff. I don't want Urel to just be done, you know. Right. But whether or not Grom comes back, here's the thing: is can Grom back come back, and yet we're not stuck in another like five years of incredibly hork or orc centric storytelling? Because I honestly, forgot, I gotta say at this point, as much as I don't personally mind, I think that the the player base really wants to not see orc centered stories for a bit. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on in Warcraft that people want to see. I think the Legion people would be okay seeing. Like people would would not mind a Legion centric storyline, but a Legion centric storyline where Grom Hellstream leads the horde in its resistance would be like, oh my god, this guy. Well, we could totally talk about that more. Like on the next show, maybe we can go into that, like dive into that whole. I'm just saying that's that's my work saturation point and whatnot. What I'm wondering right now, though, I mean, I'm talking specifically about the whole. Uh, reality, alternate reality, whatnot. Could these people from this alternate reality, whether it's Gromash or whether it's Urel or whether it's, you know, um, could they come through that portal and come to our world? What would that do? Uh, Have we established it it enough to that point where they could come through? Uh, Grom seems safe enough because even if, you know, we argue that, you know, there already was a Grom, he's stone dead. Right, there was a Grom. Right. Yeah, so we sh- we should be okay with that one. Uh, what's curious to me though is 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 slightly on the same basis, but kind of strangely twisted from it is what happens if they do come through? Not to, in terms of like I don't think it's going to blow up the planet or anything, but there's a lot of Draenei on that Draenor. Yeah, a lot of them. Like they didn't get wiped out even close to it. They didn't go through the nine tenths mm-hmm. destruction of the original Draenei. No. So, if they decide they're going to start coming back and forth through, like even if like a, if a fraction of them decide to settle on our Azeroth, that's going to double the Draenei population. Mm-hmm. 
overnight, and it would be Draenei who were much more optimistic. And Azure Mistile is not that big. Yeah. I mean, and you know, the, the Draenei we have, the ones that are living on Azure Mist and Blood Mist, they're the hardened, battle-crazy survivors of a horrible genocide. They're not... Like that's why people keep thinking the Draenei are all sweetness and light. They're not. The Draenei we have now are the no, they're hard- warriors. The hardened killers who have survived by learning how to slit throats in a swamp. These are the kind of people that like you, you present them with like, oh, there's some blood elves on our island. Velen, Velen tells you, I want them all dead. Every single blood elf you run into on this island, I want them dead. Go kill them. Yeah, well, these words. And it opens up a whole other realm of, of possible problems, right? Because the whole reason that uh, they got sort of singled out to begin with was their ability to manipulate arcane energy. They yeah. were so magically talented. Now you're doubling that population. Do we have another high elf situation? Do we have another highborn situation where where they start playing around with magic on our world that they're not necessarily used with on their own? Especially Ooh. now that we've established that we have three potential wells of eternity. Uh, you know, we have the sun well, we have the well of eternity, and then we have the 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 veil. Sorry, the veil. What's going to stop them from what's coming to, through? Exactly. Too. What's, go, what's going to stop them from coming through? What's going to stop them from messing with that? What's going to stop them from causing even more catastrophic powers? Because again, you said it yourself. They're innocent. They're they're a lot more easygoing and innocent compared to the battle hardened ones that we have. Plus, Plus Velen is have... on the other side. Exactly. If they know that Velen is there. That Velen is really to dead. Well, and plus, think about this much: when you, when you go to Shadowmoon Valley. There's a quest line when you go up to, um, I forget the name of the town, but it's like a Draenei town that you meet uh, Exarch Akama at. Yeah. And they're there, and like they, um, Exarch Nial gets in a fight with the Artificer, and she's like, you can't just treat this planet like, Dren- like Argus. You can't just sink your crystals in and just do magic like it's Argus. You have to learn the magic of this world. We've already established the Draenei have a tendency to treat every world like it's Argus. The same, yeah. Oh, this, this could so, be bad. So if a bunch of these non-battle-hardened, non-having-seen-the-worst Draenei come through, the first thing they're going to do is try and buck up the Draenei they run into. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, everything's not so bad. We survived. And they'll be like, no, we didn't. You didn't survive. And they'll be like, but we did this time, and we're going to fix everything. And they'll be like, all right. What do, you, what do you got in mind? Well, you guys remember crystal technology, right? And they're like, of course we remember it. We live in a big crashed pace of it. Like, no, yeah, but that's, that, well, you got our stuff from Argus. You remember the Argus stuff, and they'll be like, we left that behind because we were all dying and we didn't have time to carry it. Well, well we've got, got it. A, we've got a ton of it. We're going to plug it in. Eh, whatever. Do what <laughs> Let's just plug it in. Let's plug this stuff into the Well of Eternity and see what happens. I have no idea, but, you know, we're not that far from the Well of Eternity. I mean, I'm sure your elf friends will let us go up to it. And if we've seen anything from, you know, Malfurion and Tyrande, it's that they're not exactly hands-on leaders anymore. Well, <laughs> even beyond that, right? Like, if they come through in the guise of, like, pilgrims coming to, you know, like you said, see Velen, and then they yeah. just bring this stuff with them, they're like, we want to see all of your, your places. We want to meet with all of your leaders. We want to see everything your world has to offer. I'm just going to hide this crystal right over here and let's see what... Oh, look, it's glowing. Sweet! You know, like, you get into... Oh, there's so many cool the things that can well, happen with what's it. what's that? Let's go find out. <laughs> yeah, that's let's actually something they should... Bring a giant do. sack of crystals with them. You should do something in the lore, seriously, where the Draenei are allowed to visit the Sunwell, because if it weren't for Velen, there'd be no Sunwell. It's part of Anaru. It's like the heart of Anaru. The they should, you know... And that's part the thing, the like, what... That keeps striking me. Is like I think you even said this at one point, Anne, that the Naru reforging the Sunwell is weird, and it seems like the the entirety of that whole situation was a plot to get a Naru into the Sunwell. 
Yeah. See, I used to role play this blood elf who had like this giant conspiracy theory thing going on because uh, I'm I'm a fan of conspiracy theories myself. And one of the things that she ran with and one of the things that she was really suspicious of was the fact that the Draenei came in and dunked the heart of a dead Naru in the Sunwell, which was this thing that kind of permeated her people. Permeated her people to the point where when it was gone, they weakened and almost died because of this withdrawal, right? But yeah. here you get to, like, Shatra City, Adal is there. Adal has this pacifying aura about him that makes everybody, yeah, man, things are cool. Things are great. Nothing will ever go bad ever. And they just put that in the sun well. (laughs) And there's, there's more, even more weirdness than that, because one of the things that if you, again, the warlock quest hints at is that Illidan did have a means to cure the blood elves of their addiction. He had, and that's what the, the whole essence of anger, sadness, and whatever the heck, the third one, anger, but anger. I did say anger twice. I think I said yeah, but it was anger, whole, sadness, and malice or something. Desire. Desire. Oh, yeah. yeah, that is it. The reason they had those three, that thing down in the basement, that was <laughs> the whole thing part. in the basement. <laughs> the thing. The reason he had that thing was that was all part of his plan to like use the the the, the well vials to create a font of power that the uh, the blood elves could use to cure their addiction. And in fact, if you look through the floor, the stuff that's beneath it, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what that is. Oh, it's the goo. Yeah, and the reason he didn't do it was because when he lost to Arthas, he needed really quick reinforcements. Yeah. So all those Illidari demons, the reason they're not all fell corrupted and insane is because they're drawing directly on the power that Illidan had in the basement. Illidan's creepy basement is, in fact, a <laughs> well of eternity. Illidan's creepy basement sounds like it should be some kind of disturbing television show. Anyway... Uh- Hello, I'm Illidan Stormrage. Welcome to my creepy basement. <laughs> you said the secret word. Sound of play. Roman Polanski's Well of Eternity. <laughs> it's just like, man, I don't even want to know about how Pee Wee Herman's going to handle the dark. The oh, light. no, 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 no. That's the, the other thing about this, though, is like thinking about it, uh, like, that means that you know anybody can set up one of these things. They yeah. can, you, you can just put a well of eternity anywhere as long as you've got the water from the well of eternity. From the original one. Yeah. So basically, oh man, what would happen? Oh my mind. We're, we're okay. rapidly approaching multiple portal Nerzul original outlets. <laughs> what would happen if we took a vial of the well of eternity and stuck it on this Draenor we just created? Well, um. I don't think it would be good. No, <laughs> probably not. It doesn't seem like a good idea. Uh, but <laughs> but I mean, yet. we've already kind of established it in reality, right? So what if yeah. we make it a second anchor? That, who knows? A second universal anchor. And then we oh. could go across the universe creating more of these anchors and stabilizing everything. And it'd be would like it, the yeah. anti-burning legion, right? This thing, though, would it stabilize it? Or would you basically have just added another spinning axis to a gyroscope? Uh, like now, now that's a now good the, question. Now the thing is shaking. Why is the existence shaking? How do I know existence is shaking? <laughs> I feel like I'm shaking. Meanwhile, North <laughs> Dormu is like sitting in a corner, just face palming, going, oh, I knew I shouldn't have given all that power up. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, that thing, I, I really thought that Deathwing was very important to stop at the time. I, I'm no, going to have to emphasize that. Now, now I think it was you guys. I think you guys were the ones I should have. Well, even the best part, though, that whole thing, and, it, you know, we're heading close to the end of the show, so I, yeah. I talk too long. But one of the things about that whole thing was that Norsdormu at that moment was so incredibly blithe about the fact that he was going to just do horrible things to time. If you really think about it, Murazond was the one attempting to preserve the timeline at that point. Yeah. Rosalind was like, please don't go back. You have no idea how bad it's going to be. It's and now, terrible. Now terrible. You, you look at it and you're starting to think, maybe maybe Murazond was in fact attempting to, 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 to save us from our own actions. It's like, yeah, Deathwing is bad. Yeah, he's bad. But you have no concept of how bad this can get. Like, wait till you're on another Draenor. And, and trust me. You're going to be like, oh, this is great. We've completely saved alternate Draenor. It wasn't supposed to be saved, guys. It's not supposed to exist, and now it does. You just made a time wave that won't go away. Great, guys. That's like everything I was trying <laughs> not to do. Age of Mortals. Alex draws out, what did you do? Timeline. <laughs> Titans are going to show up, and they're going to be all like, what? We gave you one job. <laughs> they're Don't also make going to be facepalming, like giant hand, giant stone <laughs> hands just facepalming. That's that's what this is going to be. You had oh. one job. One job. <laughs> not a lot. No alternate timelines. Now there's like alternate timelines. That's not. I literally gave you one job. Well, we do need to kind of start wrapping this up because we are kind of reaching our hour here. But um, do you guys have any final thoughts you want to share? Burning yeah. Legion, Twisting Nether, time. I've talked too much. Let, let Joe go. Joe. I think that, honestly, what we've talked about here is a lot of potential to see what could possibly happen to affect the game in the future and the lore in the future and what could spin off from it. I don't know if anything is close to the mark of what they have in mind or if they have anything in mind. <laughs> but it's but sure it's, fun to talk about. But it's sure amazing to talk about. Yeah, that is one of the problems is like ultimately, you know, when you find out what actually happens, a little disappointing. Please note that Warcraft Chronicle Volume 1 will be coming out. I believe Amazon says it's coming out March of next year now, but this is supposed to address everything from the creation of Azeroth through what happened to The Last Guardian, which means that maybe a lot of these crazy theories and questions and things that we've been coming up with will finally be addressed and answered. Who knows? It's all in Metzen's head. So we should probably wrap it up. And say our goodbyes. Um, just so you guys know, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to podcasts like this podcast, the one we're recording right now, and a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Um pretty much the way it's going to work with future podcasts you guys if we get any good questions from patreon we'll probably pick one and we'll go ahead and answer it at the end of the show obviously since this is our first show we don't have a question but that's okay because we could keep talking forever can't we guys oh yes (laughs) all right for eternity try and shut me (laughs) up (laughs) (laughs) so thank you everybody and we will see you next time